Welcome to the Competitive 40K Podcast, brought to you by Vanguard Tactics, 40K Codex Analysis, List Building, Strategy Development, Game Theory, Mentoring. Our mission, to help you become a better player and to raise the level of the game both on and off the tabletop. Here's your host, Stephen Box. Hey guys, and welcome back to the Competitive 40K Podcast. And today it is episode 17, and this is recorded on Christmas Eve's Eve. So a bit of a Christmas special for you guys. And today I'm joined with Jack. How are you doing, Jack? I'm all good, Stephen. How are you? Yeah, doing well. And Joe, how are you doing today? I'm very good, thank you. Notice our improvement in our audio quality. I know we've all got our own giant microphone in front of us now. Yeah, we've also upgraded Jack, so it doesn't sound like he's phoning in anymore, Jack. (laughs) Excellent. We can get that deep, rich voice that obviously uh, Jack has. So uh, yeah, those dulcet tones will be coming through. Um, anyway, a massive thank you for JW Gaming today for sponsoring this episode. And if you want to get some premium neoprene mats in the UK that are perfect for obviously the new size for you know playing 40K on and you want to get a 10% discount, then use the code VT10 at the checkout. And uh, yeah, check out some of their new mats. We actually used one last night, Joe, didn't we, which has got all the deployments on. It was the uh, new design. It's like a city fight kind of mechanic me type of board. Yeah, it's nice. Real yeah. nice. And yeah, it's just really how helpful having like the circle on it for search and destroy, some Vanguard strike deployments on it. So uh, had a great game yesterday. You were against Jake, weren't you, on stream? We had, you were running the Drakari. Yeah, it's kind of a, uh, a like a last hurrah of of the 8th edition codex. I'm going to wait until the new 9th edition one comes out. I can compare. You can compare the power. Yeah. And actually, Jake's Grey Knights were ridiculous, weren't they? We massively underestimated the power of that list. Yeah, we certainly did. Um, Jack, you're watching the stream. What did you think? Yeah, it was good. I really enjoyed watching it. And yeah, I think um, I was really... I quite like the Grey Knights as a faction. It was great to see them in action. And they've definitely got some play. And that's before they've... uh, got their second wound to enjoy so it'd be interesting to keep an eye out on those boys yeah i think they're going to be tasty when their uh, new stuff comes out this year so today's show we're going to be focusing on the three top stratagems for every single faction this was an idea brought into us um from the last show where we looked at the top hq unit and also like our favorite unit as well um and we just thought this episode in itself what we'll do is we'll go over all the stratagems for every single faction and picking out the three stratagems that are either strongest for that faction or that are probably most likely to catch you out and just things to be aware of um so i've divvied up all the factions like we did before basically into our area of special um or specialities we may get a couple of things wrong like a couple of the sort of uh, nitty gritty or bit of the minutiae but it's general a think of this as an overview of each of the stratagems we're not going to tell you how much each are worth in terms of whether they're one two or three cps necessarily because as time changes they may change as well Um, and obviously gw will balance things out as they see fit but these are typically some concepts that you need to look out for for these factions Um, but yeah just wanted before we kind of go into today's show i wanted to have a quick year in review guys as it's been a big year for us hasn't it really it's been pretty huge you know, we had, uh, first of all, the opening of the Vanguard Tactics Studio, which was a hell of a job, but uh, it's been epic. It's been a constant update as we've gone along, just like trial and error, trying out new things, um, the soundproofing falling off the walls and having to constantly glue that back on again. Yeah, 
getting new microphones and um, let alone all the decorating we had to do. And we've got boxes and boxes of microphones that just didn't work or how we wanted it to. So uh, anyway, the studio, the stream that's up and running. You joined me as well, full time. Yeah. When lockdown hit, I kind of did a a month of not doing anything. And then I was like, I kind of need to do something and started helping you out. And then, then not long after I was just full time working. Yeah. How's it been? Stressful. (laughs) (laughs) Unrelenting. Because the problem is we do a lot of our model shopping from employment down in Paul. So if I'm not at work or I'm not at home, I'm normally there picking stuff up and they've got a TV which always has you on it. So when I'm not at work, you're still there. The other day we were talking, you were in the shop yeah, and I could hear myself on in the TV in the background. Mm. It was weird. It was okay. a very weird experience. But it's like a dream job though. So I can't really complain. Like if I was going to tell my 10 year old self, like your full-time job will be playing with Warhammer painting and making like Academy lessons to play Warhammer. I'd probably tell myself to lay off the drink. <laughs> At 10 years old, yeah? Yeah. I'd just be like, well, my 10-year-old self would probably be like... You're like, a hero. You're a hero, or you're making this up and yeah. you're homeless. Yeah, this is a, this, a dream come true. No, we yeah. have a, an epic job, um, and I really do enjoy it. Um, one of the other things that we managed to do collectively with Entoyment, and also foreground, that cannot be, um, you know, forgotten about, and because it's for thanks to those guys that we have the studio, and they've been an immense support this year. And uh, same with Entoyment and JW Gaming, but we managed to deliver the first COVID safe event when we first came out of lockdown and uh, we had so many talks with the local health organization and environmental health to make sure we could run an event. And uh, we did. And uh, it's now kind of become the template for other events, hasn't it, in the UK when we were able to have some. So uh, hopefully, you know, when we're kind of out of this tier system it will start to roll out again and we can start doing some more events in the future because our first event was wicked and I can't wait to run more next year. So um, it's going to be really exciting. We also celebrated one year of the Academy and massive thank you to all of the students that have supported us. You know, obviously a lot of the people this year found, you know, the the pinch on the wallet a little bit more, I would say. Um, but thank you so much for all of our students for sticking with us in helping this business grow and thrive in really setting up us for some success, hopefully next year. So that's going to be absolutely awesome as we move into 2021. And it has kind of created a, the ones that stayed on. They've made a nice little community of all like-minded people because it's because we've got the Facebook group. It's easy to have a Facebook group that anyone can join and you have a lot of lurkers or people that are always active all the time. But because it's kind of like a closed, like students only group everyone's on there for the same reason and everyone kind of has equal say in everything and if you post up saying like what's what's your idea on this no one's gonna troll you or say it's terrible they might go that's a really good idea or they'll go that's a good idea but have you thought about this and it's all constructive yeah we had it the other day and somebody posted and uh, actually they didn't get the response they were looking for hmm. And I think normally what they were used to is posting a list in randomly and in other groups, this is and people just chiming in with stuff. And actually some of our students said, look, um, the reason why I haven't posted and commented because I don't feel like I'm able to give you that value, maybe speak to X, Y, or Z or put it in the quiz, the coach. So actually what we've got is a community where students really recognize what they're good at. 
and um, sort of suggesting other people to say, look, this is an opinion you should listen to. Uh, for example, we're really lucky to have like Lou Rollings in our uh, student group. And uh, he's got like uh, just huge expertise on Death Watch. So someone would say, oh, if you want some Death Watch help, go speak to Lou. Or we've got great players like Aaron Kennedy, who plays Orc. So I know that he's been like a source that people relied on. Um, and there's so many other students in that as well. So it's been super supportive of one another. I um, mean, nobody's in there like trolling or trying to be like, um, you know, listen to me, listen to me. I know everything. We're all sharing, we're all learning, which is absolutely awesome. So uh, thank you to all those guys. Also, YouTube is now two years old as of recording today. Two years ago, I planned out the first ever YouTube bits of material. So I remember on Christmas Day planning that out. So that's been quite a um, nostalgia moment looking two years back and seeing how far we've come, which has been amazing. Um, I hit my goal for winning Best in Faction for the Blood Angels, which was also good. Um, and we've had some great success from some of our students like Lou with the Death Watch, who's also run Best in Faction for Death Watch. Um, we've had recently Gavin Carney won his first ever RTT, get, got back into the hobby back in at the beginning of ninth edition um, and sort of after quitting in sixth, came back with his Necrons um, and yes, basically had a very good RTT recently in Tampa, Florida um, and went and scored 275 points out of 300. Um, so uh, absolutely smashed his first uh, RTT win. So that was awesome. And he said the things that Vanguard Tactics has taught him uh, certainly made the win a reality. Um, and he went for his list with the guy. So hopefully we can get him on in the future, maybe to talk about some of his Necrons. So that's been good. But um, Jack, what are your goals for next year in terms of 40k? Oh, so it's a good question. You know, I want to get back out. Hope, fingers crossed we're back out in, in the event scene and competing again. I think um, it'll be pushing for a best in faction um what that faction is i'm undecided i think it, a lot will, will depend on the codex release schedule next year we know death guards coming out early next year i've recently got picked up a death guard army so i may look into them if i enjoy the play style ideally i'd be like to push on for best in faction and tau because i think that's my favorite army and the one i've got most experience with so that's what i'm looking at i'm Hopefully, I'm going to try and push to get more consistency in that in that top ten, top five at you know, RTTs and uh, majors and things like that. Because I've had a couple of uh, good showings, but um, just work on my consistency, really. And what about you, Joe? I really want to go for best in faction on custodies. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. I know. I've I know Drakari's my baby, and they've got a new codex coming out, and that faction's going to be very hotly contested from early on because they're going to be one of the the first new codexes and I'll probably dabble and play those and, and run them to events. But I've really enjoyed running custodies the last month or two. And I think I, I got the chops to do it. I'm going to have to compete against Kylo in our Academy. You know, he's going to be gunning for it as well. Um, but they're a really strong, fun faction to play that plays a lot more differently to stuff that I'm used to. Very nice. Yeah, that no, sounds good. It'd be great to help you uh, achieve that goal as well. Um, yeah. I mean, for me, I'm not really sure what, um, so I think I would love to make the England team. I'd love to make the top eight. That would be a sort of a career goal for me in terms of my playing ability. Um, I'd love all of us to go to the um, LVO next year in 2021. Um, and that would be epic if Vanguard Tactics crew could uh, rock out at the end of the season next year. Um, I'm also playing in the... Uh, no LVO this this year, so I've made the uh, the top sixteen already for the LVO this year, um, which is going to be I'm going to have more announcements about. But basically, um, myself and uh, lots of the other you know great YouTube channels that are streaming are going to come together 
and do some really good content. So more in that's been um, headed up by the guys over at Frontline who run Stat Center. So you've got Val, the absolute legend, and also you've got Pete and some of the other friends like Paul that we've had on the podcast before. So those guys are putting an absolute work to make all this happen behind the scenes. So uh, it, it kindly invited me to be involved. Um, so anyway, let's get on with this show, shall we? And if you want to see our notes and you can see what we've written down, this will all be on the blog page as per usual. Um, and if you want to consider joining the Academy, all the links to, to the Academy are going to be on this blog page as well at the bottom. So you can check that out also. But the, in order to see our blog page, just head over to the website and check out the blog section and it'll be the most recent one. Okay, so let's kick off with just the, um, we'll go through each of the factions. We're going to kick off with Adeptus Astartes as a general, just the Space Marines. And Jack, I'm going to throw this over to you. So what are the top three stratagems for Adeptus Astartes? And that, obviously, look, guys, there's, a, there's hundreds of stratagems out there. We had to pick it. We had to whittle it down to three. And some of them were so hard to pick. But we just thought, which ones are the ones that are either either most used or are going to catch you out most? They're not necessarily the most powerful. But, uh, you know, we've kind of tried to avoid potentially situational ones because obviously it'll be very rare that they come up. Uh, but gone for more like just very good, wholesome stratagems that these factions are going to use. So, Jack, Adepsis Astartes, what are your three? So I've gone for Transhuman Physiology, which um, in the new Space Marine Codex dropped a 1 CP on the unit of 5, so that's very, very good stratagem, so he can't be wounded anything but a 4+. Plus. And then I've gone Combat Revival, which is a little bit infamous at the moment, which is the Apothecary's ability to bring back a model. And then... Commanding Oratory, which uh, I think is probably underrated because it allows you to auto pass a litany at any time in a, in a turn, so you can um, you know drop stuff from Deep Strike and auto pass the plus one to wound or plus one to hit on them, for example. Or get that you know plus two to charge, which is massive, right? Yeah, because it's so frustrating when that litany doesn't go off, and you're like, ah, I've built my entire list around this going off. So um, especially when you can't re-roll the litany now, it's a, it's a very good stratagem. Yeah, very nice. Any sort of honorary mentions you want to give? Most of the strats in that new Space Marine book do have a place, depending on your build. So I think there's lots of good stuff in there. You've got like the the Whirlwind one, haven't you, which can make a unit fight last. So there are some super, super powerful stratagems in that book. I'm a big fan of it. Rapid Fire on Intercessors to allow them to shoot twice. Because in different builds, like Imperial Fist, stuff like that, it's a really useful stratagem. Yeah, nice. So, um, Joe, you're going to be taking the Black Templars. So what are the top three for those? So uh, reading through the, the book, I've picked out um, some ones I think can really catch people out. Um, the first of all being Devout Push, which means that if the unit is not in um, engagement range, you can immediately pile in three inches. And when you consolidate, you can consolidate up to six and this is this triggers at the start of the fight phase, right? Yeah. So it means you get a free heroic intervention, essentially. Or a free charge. Yeah. Without declaring, which means that um, because you didn't declare a charge and you are in engagement range, it will trigger basically combat based on, you know, whose turn it is. You won't get to fight first. Your actual, your opponent will. But it does mean, obviously, they can't overwatch you and... It does mean that you could push into multiple units. If you have an ability to fight twice, you can then just keep declaring different targets as you are, you know, essentially like you've kind of gone second and there's some stacks you can do with that. So that is an incredibly powerful, incredibly powerful stratagem, which in the right hands will absolutely tear armies apart, I think, and really catch people out. Yeah. What's your next one? 
the next one is Tenacious Assault. So if you want to fall back from a unit of Black Templars, the Black Templar player rolls a dice on a two plus, you can't fall back. Strong. Yeah. Just lock them in. Just lock them in, keep them there, which is which is brilliant because if your opponent wants to fall out to be able to shoot you, then that can put a real spanner in the works for them. Yeah, nice. And then what about your third one? The third one is the Emperor's Will. So uh, one CP and allows them to advance and charge. Very nice. Advance yeah. and charge in Black Templars. In any army that's powerful, but in an, in an army that wants to be in combat with you and has so many plus one attack buffs, plus one strength buffs, it's huge. Yeah. Nice. Any of those surprised you there, Jack, or not? The tenacious assault, certainly. The not falling back on a two up. That's uh, that's that's very good. Is there any um, limitations to it? Is it just infantry, or is it any unit? It's infantry units. Nice. So next up is the blood angels, and obviously I will um, go over these ones. Uh, the first one is forlorn fury. Oh, what a stratagem this one is. Uh, being able to pre-move a unit of death company. Oh, it is so good. So you you can pre-move up to 12 inches now, but you have to stay nine inches away. So there's a slight limitation on it from before, but it's so good now, obviously with the shorter board length anyway. And uh, yeah, so Fall on Fury is epic. Uh, the next one is called um, Unbridled Ardor, which is basically a heroic intervention for a unit of Sanguinary Guard. They can go up to six inches with for the heroic intervention, amazing stratagem that I use all of the time and really just helps me defend um, the primary mission and also secondary. So yeah, really, really like that one. And then finally, the third one I've gone for is Angel's Sacrifice. And this is where I can sacrifice a character, uh, basically where I say, look, all of your attacks, all the models that are in engagement range of this character have to fight this character. They have to declare all of their attacks on him. And uh, basically what that means is that he can solve me the situation where I'm worried about my opponent interrupting and putting all their attacks on a unit of sanguinary guard. So he goes in with them. I sacrifice my character and then the unit of sanguinary guard pick up the uh, whatever two targets I've then hit, you see. So really, really strategic stratagem that I like to use. Um, so next up, we've got Jack with the Dark Angels. What what you taking us through? Um, so just just a point, uh, just just a reminder that at the moment we're on the Dark Angels Index, so we don't have the full sweep of stratagems that will come through in their codex. Hopefully, which will be coming soon, but there's still some very good ones. So I've picked out Full Throttle, which allows a bike unit to move twice and advance once um, in, in in a turn, which plays really nicely with the second one that I've picked out, which is Combined Assault, which allows a Deathwing unit to deep strike wholly within six of that bike unit and outside of six of your opponent. Uh, and then the, the last one I've got is Stand Firm, which I think is a little bit underrated because the Terminators all get transhuman, so, so they can't be hit on, uh, wounded on a four plus. But then Stand Firm for one CP can make a unit of Terminators toughness five. So if you're concentrating small arms, strength four weaponry in there, that one could really catch you out because all of a sudden you could be wounding on fives. Yeah, that's nice. That's real good. Yeah, I like that. Um, and next up, we've got Death Watch. Um, and obviously, in like with all of these, they all get access to the Space Marine ones anyway, but we wanted to give you like that faction-specific flavour. So I've gone for the Teleportarium. And this is a bit unique because you can basically put a unit of infantry or a Dreadnought into Deep Strike, which is very powerful in the game at the moment. Uh, it's so much better than, um, you know, coming on from a board edge because you're in just so much more control. Putting a Leviathan Dreadnought into Deep Strike is always nice for a CP. Um, 
I'll always take that in a you know, stratagem that I used to use all the time. The next one is the Brotherhood of Veterans. And this is basically where I can put a unit into any of the chapter or unlock any of the chapter abilities. So return, I could be a white scar. I can get advance in charge or um, whatever it might be that I so choose to be a blood angel, get plus one to wound in combat. Really, really powerful. Imperial fists for them works really well, especially with those, those heavy intercessors that are coming up. Yeah, with a unit of five aggressors in there, exploding sixes and all that bolt weapon is very, very nice. So, um, yeah, it's really good. It, it does only last until the end of the turn, though. So, obviously, any of the ones like Raven Guard, which kind of help you defensively, you won't get because it is, you know, at the end of the turn, it sort of ends. And then oh, I was really torn with the last one. Um, and they basically have two uh, that you can kind of interchange based on your loadout. But you can basically either fall back and shoot if you have a Inceptor or Vanguard Vet in your unit, or you could fall back and charge if you have a biker in terms of your uh, kill team unit. So I couldn't choose which one, so I put them both in as a uh, either or, depending on your loadout. So super good. Up next is the Grey Knights. And the Grey Knights, again, <laughs> these guys have got so many um, different stratagems, right? I'll tell you what, Jack... What are your favourites for the Grey Knights? I'm putting you on the spot here, I know, but I know you've been doing some research recently. After watching the stream game last night, I was building lists all night and looking at all the stratagems and stuff. So uh, my favourite is the Deep Strike Strat within three of uh, an opponent, any infantry unit, I believe it is. So it's a, it's a unit with the Teleport Strike, which is basically your strike teams or your Terminators. Yeah, so the majority of the force you're going to take um, just, can just land within three. So really good for um, dropping on an objective and obsecing it or, um, you know, really getting behind someone's enemy lines and unleashing storm bolter shots or psychic, psychic powers. So I really like that one. Um, and my second favourite is um, Cybolt Ammunition, which increases the strength and AP of all bolt weapons in a unit. So you can get your storm bolters to strength five, AP one. Yeah, and you can combine that with a chaplain to go for minus two. Um, I mean, they've got transhuman, they've got the other stratagem, which I know Joe's going to wince at as soon as I mention this, where you uh, reduce all damage by one, uh, which is horrific. Um, They've just got so many paladins fighting on death. I mean, there's so many good ones. The the worst bit was on the stream last night. Um, Obviously, we had a a famous Green Knight player. We did Aaron. Aaron. And... And um, he's watching, wasn't he? He was watching and chiming in and reminding Jake of these stratagems. And I'm sat in a corner like, no, don't tell him. <laughs> I need him not to know this information. Because he was like, oh, yeah, don't forget, you can deep strike within three. And I was like, oh, no, I completely forgot about that stratagem as well. And now I've got a strike squad in the middle of my lines, killing all my Cabalite warriors on objectives. So basically last night's stream was me, Jake, Aaron, and the entire stream willing Jake to win and helping him at every, just to see you suffer. Yeah. And then, and he was like, oh, don't forget about the uh, minus one damage in combat. My entire army is damaged too. <laughs> Going in. Kills one paladin and in return the paladin unit picks up all Talos. Yeah. Fair trade. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Took three Talos to kill one paladin and then they went boop, dead. Yeah. They're strong. So, uh, oh, Grey Knights, I must admit. Yeah, they are. Oh, I'm liking them at the moment. Um, so Joe, Imperial Fists, take us through them. So the first one is Bolter Drill. So on the roll of a six to hit, you gain an additional hit with Bolter Weapons. So an army that likes carrying bolt guns gets more shots. Very nice, yep. Always good. Um, one I really like is called 
close range bolter fire, which turns all of your bolter weapons to pistol profile. Oh, that is grim. It's where you can really catch your opponent out because they're like, oh, I'm taking so much fire. If I go in, wrap those guys in combat, reduce the incoming damage. It's like, no, you're just getting closer to it now. Yeah, real close. And then the last one is shield unwavering. Uh, you get plus one attack and plus one to your save when you're stood within three inches of an objective. In a game that's all about surviving and holding, it's brilliant, especially if you're in cover. Do you say plus one save? Plus one to your save. Oh, that's nice. So you don't even have to be in, in cover. So aggressors then, against a one damage weapon, you can play the other stratagem to get plus one to save as well. So now you've yeah. got aggressors on a one plus of save. Yeah. Wow. Or if you've got, um, I know you're not a fan of them, but Blade Guard. Oh, yeah. With their Storm Shields. That's nice, yeah. Yeah. To be fair, that is nice. Yeah, I didn't even know about that one. That's good. Okay, um, Jack, Raven Guard, talk to me. So I've gone for Infiltrators, which allows you to do a pre-game move with any infantry unit. You've got N9 inches away, so that's very good for like things like Vanguard Vets, especially on the smaller board now, and now they're up to two wounds. Second one is Strike from the Shadows, which you can put any infantry into Deep Strike. Um, so lists that I'm looking at at the moment, I've got a unit of Grav Devastators, but, the, but I'm saving the points on the drop pod to spend the CP instead. And then the, the one that's really good is False Flight, 2 CP, and you can fall back, shoot, and charge for any unit. Well, that's a spicy meatball, isn't it? Yeah, I like that. Okay, Joe, Iron Hands. Iron Hands. I... I love the names of some of these Iron Hand stratagems, by the way. Yeah. They're so strong. They're so strong and so broody. Broody. Yeah. That's our favourite term. Anytime we see anything good, it's like, that's real broody. Yeah. So when, when we're doing a photo shoot for, um, for models, which takes us all day to do about four models, um, it's all about getting real, real broody lighting. Oh, we got to get that broody lighting. Yeah. Yeah. So the first one is called Mercy is Weakness. On a six... An unmodified six to wound, the weapon wounds twice. And that's the, that's like stacks really well um, with another stratagem called March of the Ancients, where you can give a dreadnought the character keyword. Yeah. And then you can give them a warlord trait where six is to hit, um, generate, ex- explode. So on something like a Leviathan, which is exploding six is to hit, and then every time you wound, it's basically doing like four damage. God. It's quite nice. Jokes, yeah. And then the third one. And the last one is Wrathful Machine Spirit. It's uh, 2CP, but you re-roll the hit rolls on vehicles. Yeah, because obviously vehicles have lost the core keyword now. Yeah. Obviously, apart from some of the dreadnoughts, but having that, because obviously you get the, if you're in Devastator Drop, doing great, you'll be re-rolling ones, but then after that, they'll be losing those re-rolls. So having that, bringing that back in really will show, um, you know, a bit of a punch for vehicles. And I think we'll start to see a lot more vehicles come back in the future. We're going through a bit of an infantry meta at the moment. Um, Obviously, Eradicators came out, but I think we will start to see some vehicles you know, really come back in in the as the edition unfolds. So uh, going to be exciting for that. Especially in Iron Hand, because it's such a powerful Dreadnought list. Yeah, well. yeah. One of those um, new Gladiator tanks with all the re-rolls on all the Dakar shots mm. could be good. Yeah, like it. Okay, um, then we're going to go over, I'm going to quickly talk about Ultramarines. So for me, the Ultramarines have got some incredible flexibility. So the top three stratagems for me are Rapid Deployment. I can redeploy three units. Always nice with Space Marines. Um, The next one is called Defensive Focus, where I can pick 
three of my friendly units and uh, Overwatch with them for, yeah, <sighs> as long as they're within six of the unit that you charged. And then my final one is called Fall Back and Re-Engage. And obviously I can fall back and shoot anyway, but when I use this strategy, I can fall back and shoot without the penalty and then I can charge back in. So um, this is my favourite three stratagems for the Ultramarines. I swear you pick armies based on them having the world's most frustrating stratagems. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, just wait till I get to Harlequins. So anyway, um, Joe, we're going <laughs> to go back to you with the Salamanders. Yep. Go on. So the best one, in my opinion, for them is called Flamecraft. Go on. Yep. You don't roll for the number of shots you have with your flamers in a unit. You just auto hit with maximum. That sounds like a stratagem I need in my life. Yeah. So if you've got like a unit of six aggressive flamer aggressors, each one's just putting out 12, 12 hits. Nice. Like it. Yep. yep. Strong. Go on. Then what's the next one? The next one is the crucible of battle. Uh, is one of the most powerful strats in the game. I think for most armies is plus one to wound when shooting or in combat. Oh, that's good. Yeah. And obviously an 8th edition is more powerful because they got plus one to win with their flamers and then you stack this on top. But it means that you can now use this on on your bolt weapons or your last cannons and then you don't have to worry about spending CP in other places. Yeah, cool. Yeah. Nice. And then the third one? Is Born Protectors. Go on. Uh, I really like this one because it catches a lot of people out. It's... Um, yeah when a friendly unit is charged, they can overwatch for that unit. And then uh, they heroically intervene 2d6 inches into them. So they get to counter charge into that unit. That's nice. Yeah. That's strong. Jack, what about some white scars then? Okay. So the three that I've gone for are lighting, light, lightning debarkation, which allows the unit to disembark out of a transport after it's moved. Um, and it can still fire. Uh, it can, I don't think it can charge, but it can still fire when it comes out. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, that'd be good for, um, say, like a tactical boys coming out of a rhino to obsec an objective. Might catch your opponent out there. Um, the second one is Hunter's Fusillade, which if you advance with a unit with um, heavy weapons, it'll turn them into advance, uh, into assault weapons. Now, White Scars ignore the penalty for advancing with assault weapons. So you could also stack light and debarkation and the hunter's fusillade together. You have a unit of devastators popping out of a rhino. Uh, the rhino moving, they pop out, they advance, and then they can shoot with no negative at all. So that's a nice little trick that they've got their sleeve to make these uh, devastators start on the board very maneuverable. And the last one I've gone for is feigning withdrawal, which allows a unit to fall back and shoot, and they can already fall back and charge. So basically, you get you get, you get the full benefits uh, of falling back, shooting, charging, and recharging back in. I mean, I love it. Yeah. Go on in, Joe. Space Wolves, the last one of the Marines. Uh, so the first one is Bestial Nature. Just put a unit into the Assault Doctrine. Here you go, guys. Here you go. Off you pop. That's good. It's, it's where they want to be, isn't yeah. it, really? So. <laughs> They're in their happy place, yeah. yeah it's like you, it's, it's not much argument in that one. The next one is called Counter Charge, yep. which allows you to heroically intervene six inches. Very nice. On yeah. a whole army that heroically intervenes anyway. So you get a little is this bit further. any unit? Any unit. Oh, yeah, gross. Okay. And the funny thing is, um, it's free if you're a character. Oh, nice. Yeah. Strong, yeah. And the last one is called Savage Strike. Plus one to wound if you charge. Plus one to wound if you charge. Yeah. Oh, that's good. Yeah. 
on an army that wanted to be doing it anyway. Yeah. No, I like any time you get plus one to wound, that's very good. So now we're into the rest of the Imperium and it's Adeptus Sororitas. So um, I'll probably take this one. We don't want to hear about them. You don't want to hear about these <laughs> ones, mate? No? I have PTSD when it comes to Sisters of Battle. Yeah. Mm. Some horrible flashbacks from games. Yeah. yeah. Never great. Uh, just those Repentia, hey? Or Zephyrins. Oh, yeah. they're just so good. Um, so I've going to gone for Tear Them Down. And this is a Bloody Rose um, stratagem. Plus one to wound. Very nice. So good. So, so good. On a unit that's getting four attacks each pretty much on the charge. Uh, re-rolling misses, exploding sixes, strength six, minus four, two damage. Brutal. Yeah, incredible. Um, then we've got... Um, I was so torn with some of the options here because there are so many good stratagems like ignoring or just denying a psychic power on a four plus. Um, you've got Storm of Retribution, um, which um, I can't remember if I've actually mixed these two up anyway, but we've got Storm of Retribution and also the next one is Desperate for Redemption. And I think Storm of Retribution is, off the top of my head, it is the one in which gives you an extra 12 inches on your multi-melters. For your retributors, so I'm guessing that one is the right one. Yep, and uh, the also gives you plus one damage as well. So obviously when you're in half range, those multi-melters, and half range now becomes 18 inches, and you're going to be a minimum three damage. Was it minimum four? Because the first, the first on the D6 is, can be a one. Yeah, and you get plus two to it, don't you? Anyway, for being a half range. Yeah, to be minimum four. Oh yeah, minimum four, sorry. Minimum four, yeah. I can't do math. Um, yeah, so strong. And uh, with that extra 12 inches, because also the sisters can, or those retributors can move and fire without penalties. So they've got, you know, if they're jumping out of a rhino, they're moving nine inches, then with a 36 inch threat range of their weapons, huge reach for a multi-melter. And obviously they can, a couple of the uh, girls in there can fire twice. So you're putting out 12 shots, brutal. Um, and then you've also got Desperate for Redemption, which is basically fight again with those um, Retributors, sorry, Repentia, and uh, fight again with those girls is incredible. But there's also some other great stratagems as well, like Fallback in Shoot, or you've also got um, Advance in Charge. Uh, so there's lots of different stratagems in there that are just so good. Um, but anyway, Adeptus Custodes, Joe. Yes, this is... Um, a really good stratagem and it catches everyone out is called Stooping Dive. It's it's a big 3 CP strat, but it allows you to charge in your opponent's turn at the end of the charge phase. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Very nice. So it's not like a heroic intervention and you don't have to be declared or anything like that. You just go, cool, I'm going to charge 2d6 inches towards whatever. Providing that they weren't Declared as a charge, right? Well, as, as long as he's not in base Combat. contact. Yeah. yeah. Okay, cool. Which is really, really good. The next one is called Auramite and Adamantum. Adamantium. Um, and it is ignore the minus one and minus two AP when shooting at Terminators. Ugh. Bane of my life. Yeah, so it, good. And that's shooting or combat, isn't it? Shooting and combat, yeah. Okay, and then your next one? The last one is Arcane Genetic Alchemy. It's basically transhuman for custodies so you can't wound them on a one two or a three and then they're ignoring minus one in two ap yeah Ugh. i can't believe the turn off all re-rolls didn't make the top three. Oh yeah come on joe i wanted to yeah that's better than transhuman i think yeah it, do, it depends because i don't think you you 
because of how the game is changing now and there are like less rerolls because everything's more directional in one unit. Um, if your opponent spreads it out or they're sending stuff in um, that's not getting a reroll, you're more likely to use these other stratagems. And I think stooping dive is one that can really catch you out if you're not. That is true. Yeah. Great strategy. Yeah. I mean, you've got four great stratagems there. Yeah. Um, okay. Jack, the guard, the Astro Militarum, what are you going for? Okay. So I was looking for the book. They've got loads of little, quite um, little, little stratagems that could, that, that could work quite, quite often. Trying to pick out the top three, I found quite difficult actually. But what I've gone for is defensive gunners. So and that allows a tank to overwatch on a five plus. And when um, most of the tanks like Lima Russes all have blast weapons, getting them not wrapped up in combat is not the place to be. So I think that's a good one that could catch people out, especially when people start to think that Overwatch is not really part of the game anymore. So that's a good one. Yep. Um, I like Take Cover, which allows gives you a plus one save to an infantry unit. Um, so good if you need to throw some Guardsmen or some Bulgrin onto an objective, you can just drop that as a defensive strat when they're targeted to get plus one save. And that would stack with... Um, a cover save as well so you can get plus two to save and there's i think it also stacks with psychic barrier the power so you can really stack on um defensive buffs to keep a unit of guardsmen on an objective safe or ball green mm. or ball green yeah <laughs> the last one i've gone for is hail of fire which is for a lehman russ when it targets another vehicle it can max out the number of shots it has on all of its weapons um so if it's a if it's the um, the battle cannon it's getting 12 shots it also includes the, the plasma cannon sponsors as well. So um, very good on a tank commander, that one. Yeah, that is good. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you've also got, is it, um, what's the one for Cadia? Oh, um, chaos one. You think uh, of the chaos one? Is it Vengeance? Or the Cadia? Vengeance for Cadia, where you just yeah. re-roll all wounds against chaos units. Yeah. Yeah, it's obviously very good. I, 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 as you said, I, I, stuck, I moved away from that one because it's a bit situational, but in that Chaos game, it's incredible. Yeah, against Chaos Demons, Chaos Knights, obviously Chaos Space Marines, Death Guard, Thousand Sons. And I think I just got this feeling that 2021 is going to be the year of Chaos. Is that because you're making a Chaos Army? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, you've got your Empress Children. Jack's going Death Guard. Does it mean I can have a Chaos Army? Maybe you can do the Black Legion. I want to do Black Legion. I've got Abaddon sat there waiting. Mm, hungry for it, isn't he? Yeah, you just need some friends. Yeah. <laughs> He's all alone at the moment. Yeah. Okay, um, go on then, Joe. Take us through Admech. So the best stratagem is going to come first on this one. Wrath of Mars. <laughs> Obviously, you have to be Mars to do it. Um, it's two CP, six to wound, two wounds in, in additional. Mortal wounds. Mortal wounds. Oh, brutal, yeah. So, and that could be on any any shooting unit, but Castellan robots get it a lot. And I really like putting it on the um, the new Cerberus Raiders, the uh, also known as the, the Sniper Dogs, because they do mortal wounds on sixes when they shoot anyway. So it means that you're really doubling up, especially if you get a good a good line of sight on one of your opponents while we stand characters. Yeah. They're going down. They are going down. Yeah. I can remember you did like 12 wounds to a night in one round of firing from those sniper dogs. Yeah. Um, ridiculous. Okay. What's your next stratagem? The next one involves the sniper dogs. It's key, called, they are a key unit. Yeah. It's called Tactica Oblique. And when the, uh, the Cerberus Raiders are targeted for a charge, instead of firing Overwatch, you can move 
your normal move in any direction. Which is super janky. Uh, which, yeah, yeah, go on, what are you going to say, Jack? It's, um, it's the tricks that you can do to make your opponent fail their charges based on that movement. Mm-hmm. So if they did a multi-charge on a unit of dogs and another unit, you could use the dogs to surround the charging unit so it, it wouldn't be able to get in contact with the second unit it declared on, therefore failing the whole thing. Yeah, well, you just literally move them so close that they can't, because they have to end within an inch of both. So, uh, yeah. Mm. Oh, it's brutal. That's caught me out before as well when playing you. Yeah. And it's one of those things that are easily forgotten. So if you see a sniper dog, Mm. you shoot it. Because even if they are like an inch and a half, two inches away, they've got a movement of 12. So you're never going to catch him. No, no. No, it's a great strategy. Next one. And this one... I really like because if it catches you out, it can cause problems. And I've caught you out with it a lot of times. And that's called Machine Spirit Revenge. Go on. Auto explode your vehicle. So good. You don't have to roll for it either, do you? No, it just happens. It just happens. It's just like, boom, dead. So if your opponent's in your lines, you're in a bit of trouble. Just explodes. And I even got lucky once when I tried to do a desperate breakout rolled a one and then just auto exploded it. Yeah, filthy animal. Yeah. Yeah. Absolute filthy animal. One of the strats I really like for them is the um it's the it's the zero CP um automatically disembark from a vehicle when it destroys without rolling. Yeah. Which um when you've got priests in it, which are quite expensive key unit to the army, mm. um not losing any of the guaranteed not to lose any of them on the way out, I think is really nice as well. Yeah, that is good. I do like that one. So I'm going to take the the Imperial Knights next. And um, I mean, there's some really good ones in here. So I'm going to cover the Imperial Knights and the Chaos Knight ones. And there is a lot of like, like similar ones. So I'll go over what I feel like are the best. Um, So the first one is Machine Spirit Resurgent. And this is basically where you can put a um, Imperial Knight on its full bracket profile. So you're shooting at your full ballistic skill. Um, really, really useful. I think you're going to see a lot of, and you think, oh, I'll just bracket that Knight. And then you're like, oh, great. That didn't do anything. Uh, the next one is full tilt where you can advance in charge with Imperial Knight. Always nice. Uh, just a huge, not one you might not necessarily use a lot, but one you have to be prepared for. And that obviously can catch you out that they can obviously charge if they do use that stratagem. And then also our darkest hour. And this is where if you've got a, uh, I'm going to say Tyranid Knight, but it's not, it's a Tyrannus Tyrannus Knight. Um, You can stand back up after you die. That's right. It is. It was the most horrific stratagem back when knights were popular. And you're like, oh, great. This knight's just got up four times. Um, So obviously, go on, Jack. It's one that. One of those stratagems that I feel like my opponents never failed that four up. They must have, but in my head, it's definitely imprinted in the fact that these knights automatically get back up. Because it is on a four um, plus, yeah. It, it, it always feels like it, the opponent never fails it. I'm sure they have, but... Uh, Just not against man, you. Yeah. So uh, I'll go on to Chaos Knights next because it's just quick and easy to sort of move from one to the next. They also get full tilt. Um, the next one I'll pick out is Rotate Iron Shields. Um, so Rotate Iron Shields, you improve your invulnerable save by one. Obviously, Imperial Knights get this as well. What I really like about this is because the Chaos Knights can get a five plus invulnerable save in combat, which means you can rotate in combat. So then you've got a four plus invulnerable save, which is brilliant because Chaos Knights, a lot of their abilities stack in combat. And that's really where you want to be with these guys. Um, we've then got um, the Tale of Destruction, where you can re-roll misses. 
really good and that's in, so good that's in any phase so um yeah it's either shooting or overwatch or combat there is another stratagem as well to reroll misses in combat which is also really good but the my personal favorite is called vow of dominance and this is a two cp stratagem that you put on a night pre-game for an iconoclast night and you get transhuman for two cps on a night all game that's real good. So it doesn't matter if you get plus one to wound. It doesn't matter if you're hitting me with las cannons. You are wounding me on a four. Mm. So it just makes this guy super survivable. Yeah, yeah, really good. Like my blood angels going in with plus one to wound. Yeah, you're wounding me on fours, mate. Sorry. Yeah. Especially with like the um, like how popular um, eradicators are yeah. at the moment and their ability to get pluses to wound in certain armies really takes the bite out of them. Yeah. No, I'd agree. So, uh, Joe, Chaos Demons. Um, so, with the Chaos Demons, because it's basically broken down into four sub-factions within a sub-faction, I've tried to go for one that are a bit generic across the board. Yeah. So, quite good. So, the first one I've gone is called Warp Surge. It gives plus one to your invulnerable save, uh, but you can't re-roll it. It's in downside. But it's just really good. Yeah, it's yeah. nice. Every demon unit can use it. Uh, the next one is called uh, Denizens of the Warp, uh, which allows you to put units in Deep Strike. Yeah. So I know how popular, like, the big 30-man blob of Bloodletters are, or if you've got any units that you want to just drop in your opponent's backline to do scoring. Yeah. Super strong. And the next one, I've grouped all of these into into one, and I've just called them the Exalted Strats. So they're the new ones that came in Engine War, which yep. allows you to make a, a greater demon exalted, and then that gives them additional benefits on top. So things like the um, the Lord of Change that then gets access to additional abilities and the three-up invun, stuff like that. Yeah, nice. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, sounds good. Um, so Jack, take us through Death Guard. Nearly all the stratagems in Psychic Awakening are very, very good. And there's a couple from initial codex, so I found this very difficult to to pick out my top three. Um, and the new codex, well, it's confirmed that it'll be coming out in January, so I'm excited to get my hands on that and see what these stratagems may look like in, uh, in a month's time. But I've picked out Blight Bombardment, which allows a Plague Marine unit all throw a grenade. Ugh. Which and their grenades pop off mortal wounds, and there's a way to buff them as well. It's 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 a ridiculous amount of damage output. The limitation of that is it's only six inch range. But Psychic Awakening gave overwhelming generosity, which is another stratagem, um, which inc- increases your range of your plague weapons by six inches. So all of a sudden you're throwing grenades at twelve inches away with up to a twenty man unit, d six shots each, blast weapons. Um, that can be re-rolling all wounds, doing mortal wounds on six pluses. Absolute filth. That's absolutely wrong. (laughs) It's just wrong. It's it's just so overwhelming, but just so generous at the same time. There's no maximum, because all those other strats are normally like maximum of 10. Mm. Yeah. It's current form is not going to survive the new codex because the damage output potential is ridiculous. But... um, Fingers crossed, a form of it, you know, as you say, might be maxed to 10 models or something that might be more sensible. Then the last one I've gone for is Cloud of Flies. So basically I pick an infantry unit and you can't target that unless it's the closest uh, unit to you in the um, in the shooting phase. So it basically makes a unit uh, a character. And when you've got lots of defensive buffs that you can put on a unit in front of that unit, um, it gives your opponents no good options for shooting back in, in their shooting phase. 
Yeah, and you can just use that to be like, cool, I can just use this little unit to sit on this objective, but you can't shoot it. You know, it's guarded by 20 plate marines with a five of Pinvern and make them toughness six and plus one armor save and that X, Y, Z, you can add on all these defensive buffs. Ugh, yeah, great. Good. So I'll cover the Chaos Space Marines next. Um, so I've gone for, now obviously there's lots of different stratagems across the Space Marine sort of supplements that whether you're Iron Hands or, you know, and, I, and I've tried to avoid them as much as I can. I wanted to give you something a bit more general. So Endless Cacophony. So just double shoot with that Slanesh unit. So you could have double shooting Obliterators, double shooting Noise Marines, um, double shooting Plasma Combi Terminators. Endless cacophony is great. The real question is, do people give uh, chaos units any other mark when they make a generic chaos list? Because that stratagem I see in every single chaos army, because it is that good. It is good. Um, You've obviously got fight twice as Mm. well with corn. So Mm. if you've gone for a bit more combat, again, I mean, it's tough to pick between the two. Uh, But then my next one was veterans of the long war and veterans long war, one CP plus one to wound. Ugh. And that is in shooting, in combat for infantry units, uh, which is so good. Um, so absolutely epic. And then the third one. Now, this one is a word bearers um, stratagem, mm-hmm. but it is so good. I consider putting in a patrol detachment just to unlock it. It's that good because chaos really rely on their psychic powers like warp time, death X, prescience. Um, Delightful agonies, all that kind of stuff. They're so important in a chaos list. This one basically means if you fail a psychic test, you spend one CP and you pass it and it can't be denied. That's really good. And it's called Malvolent Covenant. And again, like with the word bearers, you can just make that guy, a uh, that sorcerer, to also have a relic to get plus one to cast and to know an additional power as well. So he knows three, cast two, automatically cast one for a CP. Um, and that's obviously after you've attempted to do it anyway. And then um, he can also have a warlord trait that gets you D3 CPs at the start of the turn. So even if it costs you two CPs for that patrol detachment, you'll probably get them back anyway. So why not? So here's a question for you. Go on. If you pass a psychic test that you really want to go off, something like warp time that goes on a seven. Yep. Right and you roll exactly a seven, but you know your opponent... Can deny it. Can deny it. Yep. Can you... CP re-roll it and fail it and then use the stratagem? Yes. Don't see why or not. Okay. I'm glad you knew where I was going on that one, because yeah. there's times like when we've playtested, it's like, oh, I can deny that, and you can't just auto-pass it. Mm. Yeah, but now we know. Yeah, I think that's... I mean, I'd have to look at it, but... I mean, I've done it before with... Uh, the income and I've wanted to die in certain places and I'll be like, oh, you killed my warlock and I just passed my last invulnerable save. CP reroll. Oh, I failed it. Oh, income pops up. Heracle intervenes. Problems. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, there's nothing wrong with just the old sacrifice here or there. Anyway, so uh, <laughs> Joe, take us through the Thousand Suns. Right. So the first one, uh, to keep you, obviously they have access to a lot of the chaos stratagems like uh, veterans, stuff like that. But we've gone for the specific ones. Uh, ones I like is called the Infernal Fusillade, which allows rubrics. And oh, the Fusillade, eh? Hey? Fusillade or Fusillade. Um, it allows a rubric marine squad or a scarab occult uh, unit to shoot twice. Oh, nice. Yeah. Endless cacophony, but for the zinc, yeah? Yeah. Cool. It's real good. Um, especially because they have access to um, veterans and all their Balkans and minus two. Mm. It's real good. Um, the next one is called Risen Rubicay. 
it allows you to infiltrate a unit of uh, rubric marines. So deploy them nine inches away from your opponent's lines in the deployment phase. So you have a big old blob of 20 just in your face. Yeah. Ugh, gross. Go on then, next one. And the last one is Indomitable Foes, uh, which is plus one to your invulnerable save to a maximum of three plus, which is really good because they also have a, a psychic power, which gives you plus one. So you can have units of rubrics or um, Scarabacult Terminators with three up in runs running about. Yeah, nice. It's real good. Very nice. Um, yeah, I mean, just a massive shout out to GW. What some incredible stratagems that we've yeah. spoke about so far. How good is this game? Do you know what I mean? So good. So much depth. Yeah. Like to, just to come up with all these different unique, because there's a lot of unique things we've gone over. Oh yeah. I mean, there's a few trends that we've obviously picked out, but mm. what depth to this game it is incredible. Mm. Jack, I've realised I haven't given you any uh, the, of the Eldari ones, mate. They're all just stupid um, space out. <laughs> so I'm going to give you Craftworld, mate. Go on then. Give me your top three for Craftworld off the top of your head. So see, let's test your knowledge of Craftworlds. Because remember, mate, you did play that doubles tournament with me once. Well, the flashbacks to 8th uh, edition and their prime. Um, what's it? Lightning Fast Reactions was a, a personal hate of mine. But obviously ninth edition has now fixed that one with the LATOC stupid stuff going on. So, <laughs> so much. The salt comes in. <laughs> It was ridiculous, but uh, we've on. moved on like the game has. Just off the top of my head, I think uh, Seer Council. So that's the plus, if you've got a Warlock and Farseer together, it's plus one to cast, which um, most of the Warlock and Farseer players are seven, so get them on sixes, makes them very achievable and absolutely critical for the army to function. And also, you don't even need to use it before you cast. You can just go, oh, I rolled a six, but I'm next oh, to my I Warlock. Think- I'll use it now and it becomes a seven. So yeah. good. I disagree with that, but I think... Um, I don't think it's the intended way, but that is no, how a lot of yeah. people do play it, yeah. Yeah, I do agree. Um, but then next one I've gone for is Phantasm. That allows me to redeploy three units after we know who's going first. So with Eldar being that quick anyway, it's it's absolutely great. You, you can hide in a piece of terrain with your, your shining spears or things like that, so they're safe if you don't go first. And if you do go first, you can quickly switch up into an aggressive stance. So that's that one's definitely caught me out before because I forgot about it. Yep. And forewarned, um, oh, I'm struggling here. I think this one is effectively Auspex Scan. Yes. From the far, you need a Farseer. Yes. Yeah. The Farseer need to be able to see. Uh, the unit needs to be able to see. You just need to be within six inches of the Farseer. So basically, this is unlimited range. So let's say you drop down and you've got a unit of 10, I don't know, Dark Reapers that can see this unit yep. that dropped down, but they're within six inches of a Farseer. They can shoot him, that unit that drops in. Oh, unbelievable. And this will catch you out because it's not yep. popular. No, it. You, you let me take one of my Deep Strikes back or move some of my units out of range in our test game when I... I I bought down a unit of 20 hybrid acolytes next to your shadow specters that all have blast. Yeah. <laughs> I was just like, whoop, better move those along. I'll move back 13 inches. I think yeah, yeah. rather than 12. So yeah. you're not getting, yeah, yeah, 60 hits automatically. Thank you. That's disgusting. Um, yeah. Super good stratagem. Um, go on then, Joe, take us through the quest. Oh, the quest. Um, Tricari. I think these ones might, might, might make it into the next book. This is my tinfoil hat, but, the first one. You know nothing, Jon Snow. 
The first one, which I'm a big fan of, um, is called Fire and Fade. It allows a, a unit to shoot, and then once you've shot, you can move seven inches. Yeah, and obviously Eldar and Harlequins both have that one as well. Yeah, and they both have it, but um, the reason I really like it in the Drakari is that Drakari have a lot of... You're not spending the extra CP on the additional minus ones on Lightning Vast like you used to, because a lot of your stuff already has minus one inbuilt. So it gives you that flexibility now to spend CP on other things. I use Fire and Fade every game now. Grab some engaging, grab some objectives. Yeah, yeah really good. Okay, next one. The next one is called Cruel Deception. It allows you to fall back, shoot, and charge. Nice. Real good. Real good, yeah. And again, that's something the um, space uh, the other pointy ears have yeah. as well, the uh, craft world, which is also good. And then we don't need to talk about the third one, so we'll skip over the two th- Harlequins. <laughs> the third one is the best stratagem in the whole entire game and negates every other single one. Agents of Vect. Yeah, but not so good when you roll a one, though, Joe, is it? <laughs> I have. I went through the entirety of 8th edition never failing an Agent of Vect. I've failed the last 10. On a roll of a one, nothing happens. Two, be- two to five, it cancels a stratagem, but the opponent gets their CPs refunded. On a six, it cancels a stratagem, and they lose the CP. Well, for all those times you rolled a six against me, I feel like your ones are coming up now, mate. Because well, well, before, you could Vect and then re-roll the dice. But now that's gone. Oh, yeah. You can't re-roll that Thank you, dice. Thank you, GW. Thank you. What I'd like to see... No, come on, let's move on. Go on, what would you like to see? I'd like to see it go to the way that um, the Necrons have it, where it's on a character, and it just auto-happens, but you can do it once a game. You mean like on a character called... Vect. Yeah. I think the only person that should be able to yeah. use Vect is Vect himself. You have to be Blackheart and you have to have Vect. Yeah. Oh, wouldn't it be good to get Azurable Vect back on the table again? Yeah. Please, GW, just make that model and put him back on the game. Oh my God, that would be great. Mm-hmm. Right, okay. Um, I'm going to go over Harlequins. We don't need to about them. Jack, how do you feel about these ones? I don't like them. Stupid. Stupid army. Playing against Harlequins is like playing against Tau in 8th edition. Nah. It's just obnoxiously no, annoying. No, because at least you know what Tau are going to do. I know what this army's going to do. I'm not going to say the words because it'd be rude and young children could be listening to this. (laughs) (laughs) So these have, in my opinion, the most unique stratagems ever to be created. And that is why I love them so much. They break all the rules of the game. You break all the rules of the game. Just the murderous clowns. So the third run is actually called Murderous Entrance. And this is plus one damage on your weapons. So good. So good. So your kiss is a D3 plus one. Mm. So good. Or whatever it might be, flat damage two weapons, um, because you're getting so many attacks. Uh, you're getting reroll wounds, all that good stuff. So yeah, plus one damage is incredible. Um, then the next one is the curtain falls. Now this means when I go in to charge you, I can pile in, I can fight, and instead of consolidating into you again so you can swing back at me, I can just fall back and move seven inches and uh, just hide behind a ruin or something, or move block your army, or go and steal an objective off you, or just make sure you can't swing back. Yeah. 
Sounds fair. Sounds fair. Sounds like a fair stratagem to me. Um, next one is called Twilight Encore. And that is when you fall back, Joe, just you personally. Yep. You fall back with your little space marine unit or that Leviathan Dreadnought you've just fallen back with and you're like, oh, I know I'm going to do. I'm going to spend this White Sky stratagem to fall back and shoot. I can wrap you again so I can move six inches and wrap you back up. So annoying. Yeah. Real good. (laughs) So you're going to be like, I'm going to fall back and shoot. I'm going to be like, cool, you spend that stratagem. I'm going to spend one CP and wrap you. Cheers. It's one of those, it's like a real gotcha moment. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's one of those, like, if you tell your opponent about it, then it's it's even more frustrating for them because they know you can do it and that you should watch them fall apart on the other side of the table. Because they're like, which one do I fall back out of combat first with? And I'm yeah. like, yeah, you sit and think about that a while. Yeah. Clock to you, my man. Yeah. Or, <laughs> or they're like, oh, I've only got one unit to fall back. Do I spend the CP and, and like... Like, like, do I fall back to make you spend the CP, but it's futile anyway, and they're just going to die. And do you know what the worst is? If they've moved their entire army first mm. and moved it like a space marine blob like they normally do, mm. and then they fall back last with that unit, and then the Harlequin unit piles in towards the closest enemy models and then wraps three or four units. And obviously they cannot fall back again. Yeah. So um, they're just stuck in combat with a unit of sacrificial lambs. But at that point, you go to the bar. Yeah. <laughs> Table flip. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So anyway, uh, next up, we'll cover Yanari. Um, now, they actually have some all right stratagems, but the way that the rest of the book is made, it's just not that, there's not many synergies with things. So I think the rest of the books are much stronger alone rather than taking Yanari. But anyway... The first one's Yanid's Nest is where you can adv- advance and charge with bikes. Really, really nice. Um, and then you've also got another one called Inevitable Fate, which is reroll wounds against a unit in combat. Really good. It's quite good. Um, and then you've got Deadly Misdirection, which I believe is fullback in charge. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, really, really good. Um, so, yeah, they are. They actually have some pretty decent stratagems, but you lose. The problem is with Yanara, you lose all the Harlequin ones if you've gone for Harlequin units, and Harlequins can do all this stuff anyway, so it's yeah. kind of pointless. They've got a lot of stratagems to buff Incubi, but Incubi are just better within Drakari at the yeah. moment. Yeah. Um, okay, so let's go for... Let's look, have a little look at some Tau then, Jack. Go on, take us through it. We finished with the rubbish Haldari faction style. We can talk about some decent armies again. Yeah, the fish people. Fish men. So, um, You've been like, enjoying the Tau recently, Jack, haven't you, after our weekend of games? Yeah, I was, I was, I was uh, feeling a little bit down on beginning of 9th edition, but actually getting my codex back out and looking at a bit more depth of some of the old stuff that I've not used, um, starting to feel like I'm getting somewhere with it now, and uh, I could feel like a play style that may start to work into ninth edition i'm hoping it's the way that the new codex will support it as and when that comes out next year hopefully yep go on then what, what are your top three strats first one command and control node means uh, one of my commanders can't shoot but you can pick a battlesuit unit within six and it can reroll all wounds one cp bargain that's good really so good the next one is aerial targeting i get i can I mean, I, I could pick a unit on the on the battlefield and put one marker light on it, which means reroll ones. So um, it's just an automatic um, thing that I can put it anywhere on the board if I haven't got any marker lights in range and stuff like that. Such a good utility stratagem, that one. Yep, nice. And the last one I've gone for is, is actually between two. So the first one was branched Nova Charge, 
which allows a Riptide to take two of its branched abilities. So doing its gun and the shield, for example, it's quite a common combo. And the other one is Stimulant Injectors, which will take a monster or vehicle back to its top bracket. Again, there are useful um, abilities there. Yeah, it's real good on those Riptides. Yeah, very nice. Go on then, Joe. Talk us through your Necrons. Right, so I've gone for stratagems that I I use a lot. So the first one is called Disruption Fields. Uh, gives plus one strength to a core unit when you're in combat. Very nice, yeah. Very good, especially when you look at things like Lich Guard, a core, or if you're running uh, massed warrior blobs. Um, they could be quite scary once they get in there at strength five. Yeah, it's really good, yeah. Nice. It's really nice. The next one is Disintegration Capacitors, um, a six to hit auto wounds. Yep, really good. Um, like Necrons have a lot of shooting, but if you're running the Masked Warrior Blobs or like like you've got a lot of Indomitus boxes to make your army, you can really um, struggle to deal with like knights and vehicles. So having that stratagem there does help them out massively. Yeah, nice. And the last one is called Solar Pulse. Is you pick an enemy unit and your whole army ignores cover when shooting at it. All benefits Strong. of cover as well. Yeah, all benefits. So that can get rid of dense cover? Yeah. yeah. That minus one to hit? Oh, yeah. that's yeah. nice. So, so good. Yeah, especially because like, you've got a lot of minus one AP in the army, so it can really help dig out things like marines hiding in cover. Yeah, and obviously like things like... Uh, eliminators that get an additional yeah. plus one because they're within cover yeah. um, or, you know, maybe abilities that become minus one as well as getting mm. cover. That is really, really strong strategy. I'm actually, yeah. Re- yeah. Uh, yeah. Never thought about it so in depth, but yeah, great. Right, Jack, let's jump back over to you, mate, with the boys in green. Okay. Um, really enjoying playing the Orcs as well at the moment as well. I think they're a great army. Um, so I've gone for the Unstoppable Green Tide, which allows me to recycle a unit of boys um, if there's what if there's any left in the previous turn, so for unit thirty, you drop them down to one man. I spend some, I spend this stratagem and bring back thirty boys from a table edge in the next turn. Absolutely incredible. So you've got to kill these boys off to the man to make it done. And also, um, morale's a lot less um, impactful yeah. now, isn't it? Whereas before, you'd be yeah. like, oh great, I'm going to have to spend my two CPs to keep the unit alive. Now you're like, okay, well I'm going to lose a f- I'm going to lose one. And then I'm going to lose a few more based on how many ones or twos I roll. And then the whole unit's coming back, which is so yeah. good. It used to be a five CP you needed to keep for it. Now you can just get away with keeping the three for the unstoppable. So that's great. Next one I've gone for is get stuck in lads, which is um, fight twice, which is incredible for mega knobs. But again, with the boys, cause you're such a big footprint, you can do multi charges from the jump with all those attacks. You can really get into some good positions. The last one is one of my personal favourites is ramming speed. So when a vehicle declares a charge, it rolls 3d6 and it it keeps all the dice. And then when you make a charge on a two-up, you do d3 mortal wounds as well. So if you're putting um, a Gorkonaut or a Battle Wagon in Deep Strike, you know, you can get the secured uh, charge coming in from Deep Strike as well. Or if you're just moving advancing at the board, you can get those long bomb charges away. Yep. Strong. Very nice. Okay, Joe, Gene Steeler Cult then. We've got the last two now. So Gene Steeler Cult, go on. The old space goblins. Mm-hmm. So uh, the first one is called a perfect ambush, uh, which allows you... What's so perfect about it, Joe? When you when you deep strike in nine inches away, you can either shoot or move D6 inches. Nice. Very strong. 
Uh, and then you've got the next one called Extra Explosives. Yep. Uh, allows you to either throw 10 grenades or five demolition packs. So when you look at the um, the the bikes, um, they can they can pop up and throw grenades well, or, the de- or the demo charges, which is really really strong. And then the last one is called Genetic Lineage. Um, it allows hybrid units uh, to advance and charge. Yeah, which is really strong because they're going to be the core of your army, especially when you look at how good rock grinders are. I do have a bit of an honourable mention for a stratagem. Oh, go on then. It's called Monstrous Vigor. Okay. It allows your aberrants to have plus one to their to their feel no pain. So they've got a four up and if the banner's nearby, they're re-rolling once. And you've also got a stratagem to drop in within three inches, haven't you? Yeah. Oh, sorry, like, not within three inches. It allows inches, you to drop three inches of, away. Yeah. Uh, you can shoot, but you can't you can't charge. But with a unit of twenty acolytes, you could yeah. string that unit around two objectives easily within coherency. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's uh you don't see it used as much since they've increased the the range of hand flamers from yeah from 6 to 12 so it means they can deep strike in normally and still shoot but what a great you know stratagem because mm. a lot of people zone out a unit for 9 inches you go cool I'm going to drop in 3 and I'm going to do an action yeah. whatever it might be right so mm-hmm. um yeah I think that's super clutch for you know scoring well on the primary denying you know whatever it might be so I think that's a yeah. really good situational power okay um Jack, the nids. Okay, so first one is single-minded annihilation, which allows an infantry unit to shoot twice, and you put that on a big block of hive guard, which for some reason our infantry means that they can shoot twice, and they are probably one of the best shooting units in the game, I'd say. Yep. With their ignoring either sight, strength eight, minus two, ignoring cover, D three damage weapons, two shots each, and exploding sixes. You can make them explode in sixes, re-rolling once to hit. Yeah. Um, such a good unit, and you can just fire them twice every turn. I think most Tyranids players will include the Hive Guard and will do that every single turn. Yep. Perfect. Next one is Symbiotic Devastation, which um, allows you, if you've moved an Exocrine, you can spend one CP to counter it stationary, which means not only does it get to then shoot twice for 12 shots, it also gets plus one to hit. So it's an absolutely great spender for single stratagem there. The last one I've picked is Unyielding Chichin, which reduces damage by one on a unit of Tyranid Warriors. That's good. Um, That's really good. When they come in with three wounds each, there's a way to get them to ignore minus one, minus two, adaptive physiology. Uh, I believe one of the um, chapter tactics, I can't think of the proper word for at the moment, you can give them the benefits of cover as well on top of that. You can make this a very um, resilient block of Tyranid Warriors to sit on the table on objectives. Yeah, it sounds good, actually. Yeah, it's like a unit of paladins. It's very good. <laughs> I think I strategy called, is it called Caustic Blood, I want to call it, where they when they die, they do mortal wounds. Yeah, on a six plus when it, I think it's like on a gaunt sort of unit or yeah. something like that. When they die on a six plus, you take a mortal wound. Oh, I thought yeah. it was better than a six plus. Yeah, it's yeah. good though. Yeah. Yeah, guys, well, that wraps up our top three mm. stratagems for your faction. Let us know if you disagree with us on any of those or if you do agree on YouTube, um, wherever it might be, or comment on the blog post, um, all that good stuff. But guys, um, Jack, Joe, thank you so much for not only tonight, but I want to say from the bottom of my heart, thank you for all the support that you've shown me this year, helping build Vanguard Tactics to what it is today. Um, I wouldn't be able to do this without you guys. So thank you so much. The 
podcast is come on leaps and bounds and it's because of the effort that you guys put in every single week. So thank you very much. Thank you. I know I'm very difficult to put up with at work. I mean, you are quite difficult to put up, but I do it. <laughs> I struggle through. Um, but, um, and also thank you to all the guests as well that we've had on the show over the last year. Um, there's literally too many for me to mention. We've had like the like Paul Murphy, Don Hewson, Rich Kilton, um, Brian Anderson. We've had some great shows um, and hopefully next year we'll get even more people on to do some really good recordings. So again, thank you to all our students this year for supporting us throughout the year. Thank you to everybody that subscribed to the podcast, left us likes on YouTube, commented, watched our streams. Honestly, from the, you know, I cannot be more grateful and, you know, more thank you for all the support that you've shown Vanguard Tactics over the years um, as we continue to kind of really try and improve the game both on and off the tabletop. And what that means to us is really helping sportsmanship, the games be played in the right way and really helping the best general win at the tabletop. So, um, yeah, if you do want to become a student for next year, um, it would make a great Christmas present to yourself. Um, and you can sign up for that over on the, uh, you know, that's what Christmas is about, right? Buy everyone else a present and just go, oh, I'll buy this for myself too. So, uh, yeah, jump on the Academy. It'd be great to have you part of our community. If you share our same mindset for the game and, uh, you really want to learn more about, you know, what and how far you can go with the team and hopefully next year when competitions come back in place, Vanguard Tactics team will be, uh, going to all the events and seeing what we can do together. So I wish you all a very Merry Christmas, a very Happy New Year, and we will be back in 2021. So uh, it's been a good one. Thank you. Stay safe. Enjoy your time with your family, and we'll see you next year. Take care. <laughs>